0: You know, as we move through Advent over the past few weeks, there are numerous readings that we hear every week about John the Baptist, the proclaimer of the Messiah to come. And in the church, in the season of Advent, that is our preparation for the season of Christmas. I say in the church because out in the world it's quite different. If you were to ask people about what Christmas is and its preparation... You probably would get the answer, well, Christmas, Christmas is all about love. I say that because if you are somebody who is a Hallmark Channel watcher, from November 1st on, on all three channels, there have been movies all about love at Christmas. And it's no wonder then that the world says that's what Christmas is about. It's about love. But I would say then, what do you mean by Christmas is all about love? I thought maybe then I'd do a little Google search and find out as we hear many songs on the radio just to say, well, how many lyrics, how many lyrics of songs are there out there? And how many of those contain the word love? When I got the response, it was 373,000 songs in the lyrics contain the word love love. That's a whole lot. But you know, as you look at those, it kind of gives you an idea of what the world means when it says Christmas is all about love because love takes on a whole range of definitions in music and in song. There's the idea that I maybe love my baloney or that I love my pet. There are lyrics out there that we would call explicit that talk about carnal lust and use the word love. There are Pollyannish words of love out there with stars circling and hearts around your head with puppy dog eyes and there are songs about friendship which talk about love. So when we say Christmas is about love the world I think takes on the picture of what Norman Rockwell painted many years ago that perfect family surrounding that perfect table with the perfect turkey and the perfect setting going around and everything in life is wonderful and you can just breathe and take in what love is. But if that's true, if that's the picture that the world sees, then I would ask the question, well then, do all families at Christmas get along? Is the meal really something that's just gentle, calm, relaxed, everyone sharing moments with no stress involved? Is everyone there or are there people who have absented themselves or maybe couldn't come or chose not to come this year? Or people who are no longer with us that can't be there? Is everything just perfect? Well, you know the answer, and I'm not trying to be cynical in all this, because the truth is, Christmas is a love story. But it's a very different story from Hallmark. You know, when our kids were little, one of the things they liked to do as we would decorate the house for Christmas was to get ready the nativity set and to put the different pieces where they belong. There was some dilemma in it in identification of the pieces. Oh, not the normal ones that you think of. Everybody knew who Mary was. Everybody knew who the baby Jesus was. Everybody could tell the kings, and you could put the animals in their place. But there was that dilemma that came when it came to placing the shepherds and Joseph. Because which one was it? Oh, again, easy to tell the shepherd if he was somebody who was carrying a lamb on his back, but with everybody in first century garb, which one is Joseph? You know, they don't have labels on them. So maybe somebody would take the old man leaning on a stick and the other one would respond, Oh, come on! Mary would never be marrying an old man! So eventually the best-looking youngest shepherd was chosen and they'd say, That's the one that she'd love. That's Joseph. You know, in Matthew's Gospel today, Joseph is in this love story. But he's kind of like the forgotten player in the group. Because Joseph's part is a silent part. There is not one word in all of Scripture that Joseph speaks. He says nothing. You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson once made the statement, what you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear what you say. You know, if that's true, then Joseph silence, shouts love. It shouts commitment. It shouts tenderness. It shouts endurance. All without speaking. There's a story that was written It's entitled The Christmas Pageant. And in that story, it was a fictional town, small town with a fictional church, where over 40 years they had done a Christmas pageant of the nativity, and nothing had changed for those 40 years. The narrator read from the King James Version of Luke chapter 2, and everything was the same. Well, the young mothers group got together that year in this story and decided that they would kind of revamp the pageant, they wanted to update it. They wanted to add more shepherds and more angels and more animals. They wanted to be sure that every kid in that pageant was able to participate. They also wanted to update the language from King James Version. They decided they would use the Good News Version. So when it came time that that old King James Version that said, you know, and Joseph also went up out of the house of Nazareth unto Bethlehem to the city of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife being great with child. They changed those lyrics. And there were the kids, Mary and Joseph, coming down the aisle. And the narrator said, and Joseph went to register with Mary who was promised in marriage to him and she was pregnant. Well, suddenly the little boy playing Joseph stopped in his tracks and looked at the girl next to him. Pregnant? What do you mean she was pregnant? And the audience roared in laughter. They got what Joseph got that day, and everyone knew. And I wonder if we ever think of that with Joseph when Mary's news came to him, when she said, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You know, we hear that, and we know that the Lord visited Joseph in a dream, as we heard today, to tell him Mary was telling the truth that the child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But have you ever wondered when that was? How long did it take before Joseph had that visit from the Lord in his dream? It must have been a while because we know what the scripture said. He had time to plan when he found out that Mary was pregnant. To ponder, to plan a divorce. It was his right to do so. And in fact, in those days, it was his right if he had decided to have her stoned for adultery. But he didn't. Listen to those words again from Matthew. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You see, that's love. Not to demand his rights, not to seek retribution. He loved her. He wanted to be kind to her. He wanted to be gentle and help her. And there's no doubt it probably broke his heart when at first Mary told him she was with child. And yet without speaking in that whole passage, Joseph shows us love. And he went on from there. And he married her. And he cared for her. And he protected her. And he loved and raised a child that wasn't his. You see, Christmas is a love story. It's a love story that meets every one of us where we are and with what we need. How many of you are familiar with the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman? Some of you are. I want to explain this, and I want to look at this. It's kind of a point in our house where we laugh a lot. So let me show you what those are on the screen. The first one of the love languages is called encouraging words. That's hearing speech to someone that encourages you, that builds you up. The second is called acts of service. That's doing something for someone else to show them how much you love them. There's gift giving, meaning that you like to receive presents and surprises and things that way. There's quality time, just being with somebody and taking that time. And then finally there's touch that... Love is received through touch. These are the categories that give and receive love. And I said it's kind of funny in our house because my wife's love language, it's usually the top two. Her top one is touch and mine is acts of service. So I show her how much I love her by doing things around the house, by taking care of things. Maybe it's the laundry, or maybe it's the dishes or straightening up. That's how I'm wired. That's my love language. It's also how I would receive it. But she receives love by touch. So if I don't remember to put my arms around her, or to touch her, or to sit with her, no matter how much stuff I do, she doesn't feel loved. Consequently, when she wants to love me, she comes up and she puts her arms around me. And I'm like, why are you touching me? <laughs> because I receive it by things that she does. So we do laugh about it. It's something I have to be cognizant of to say, oh, I need to hug Sarah, because it doesn't come naturally. This is something we talk about with married couples when they come together, to get them to see how important it is to share that love language and to prioritize those things. Based upon those top love languages that you have, your love tank, as it's called, will either be full if you're receiving it that way and someone's giving to you, or if you're not receiving it, it'll be empty. And you have to be careful. But it's important to understand with these love languages as we look at the story of Christmas something I want to point out to you. That the story of Christmas, of Jesus coming into this world, of his life, his death, and his resurrection meets all five of these love languages. What do I mean? Encouraging words. Makes me think of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Those are words to you and to me. Acts of service, John 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Gift giving, Romans 5. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Quality time, Matthew 28. Jesus says, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the ages. And then finally, touch. And maybe that seems a little hard for you. But there is a place where Jesus physically touches us, where heaven truly meets earth. And it's in his words, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Take and drink. This is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus comes to us to meet our love language in all of the needs that are there. Come, Lord Jesus, bring us love. Love that truly does meet us where we are. Love that speaks to us even in silence. And love that serves us through a banquet of forgiveness daily. Love that offers us gifts of hope and peace and joy and love that stays with us always. And love that touches us in impossible ways. Yes, come, Lord Jesus, and bring us this love that comes through your presence, through your word, and through the gift that you are to the world. Amen.